You know, I see my family history as a long-running soap opera built around dull locations, repetitive storylines, and a series of insipid cliffhangers. It's a little more droll and the dreadful as opposed to bold and the beautiful, but I have grown very fond of the characters over the years and am always intrigued to find out what happens next. Will my sister Roz finally install those solar panels she's been talking about? Can Dave continue to support the Cowboys even after an eight-game losing streak? And will Damien ever forgive Norell for that hellish week at Auntie Emmy's back in 1977? Sounds intriguing, doesn't it? But I embrace the dullness of my family's history. It's given my life a certain predictability that I find comforting. So when I heard Naomi's story, I was struck not only by her childhood filled with an ever-changing cast of characters, but also her determination to create a new story starting with her. Welcome to my fucked up family. Naomi, welcome to My Fucked Up Family. Hello. Uh, now, you have a very interesting story, and I've got to say, it's quite bizarre. Yeah, for sure, for so, sure. So would you mind telling me a little bit about how it all started? So I was born in Korea. My my birth parents got divorced, and you can't um, – there's a law in Korea. I don't know if it's still – um, active, but you can't raise a child uh, as a single parent. I know my mom wanted to keep me, but um, that wasn't really an option for her. So uh, I ended up going into the International Adoption Agency where I was adopted when I was just under one year old, I think, maybe like eight months-ish to a family in Nebraska. They had me for a while. I don't know exactly how long. A lot of people who are adopted are given these bags that are full of like Korean culture and like homes that they lived previously, usually photos and baby clothes and such. And mine has some of the pictures and papers from, from when I lived with them. They had me for a while, a, a couple months until they divorced. And for some reason, the adoption wasn't entirely finalized. So I ended up going back into the uh, foster care system. Okay. So hang on, let's, let's just go back then. So, I mean, there's mm -hmm. already in that, like we're a couple of minutes in and already in that, I'm just like, I'm bamboozled yeah. with questions. So, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I am 21. Right. And so it was this recently ago that in South Korea, you couldn't keep a child as a single parent. No, I, I don't know if it's still current. I was going to do some research on it, but I, it's just, it just. But it was, um, it, it was, it's, it, it was it's the case. supposed to be about the well, the well-being of the child, right? And it was certainly the case when you were born. Um, yes. Wow. Okay. So your your mum, even though she wants to keep you, she's she puts you into this inter international adoption agency. Before you know it, you're packed up and sent to Nebraska, of all places. Yes. <laughs> very very random too. <laughs> Okay, so you get sent off to Nebraska, and of course you have no memories of this. You're packed up, you're sent off, and as that's happening, the formal adoption process is happening, yeah? Yes. Right. Oh, what's the squeaky door? Oh, I'm sorry, I had to go grab something for my dog. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny, it adds ambiance. Okay, so do you know what happened to you, the, the two people who were going to adopt you in Nebraska. Have you got any idea what happened there? 
Um, I know that the family that I lived in Nebraska had another adopted child and at least one daughter. Um, I also have drawings from the daughter. They're really cute. I love them so much. They're really, they're really precious. They're just little stories about the day to day. They also, um, pierced my ears. So I, maybe I dodged a bullet on that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, they no no specific information about them. No names. That's a, such a mystery in itself, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I think about it a lot and I, you know, I tried to think when I was, researching it and like looking it up I was trying to not feel bothered by it but it, it did kind of like perplex me a little bit like well it just made me think that they um they clearly had another adopted son so I I it made me wonder like what the reason was that I didn't they, they probably didn't get rid of um, their other kids so it made me wonder like why they decided that they were not going to go through with the process of keeping me, or if even they were told that they wouldn't be allowed to adopt me um, because the um, the process wasn't finalized, and and they were divorcing. Um, yeah. Maybe, yeah, and maybe social workers um, deemed that it wasn't wouldn't be a health, healthy living environment. Well, maybe maybe the social workers saw that you had your ears pierced and just thought, "How oh, hang on." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I I was really really not a big fan of that. So growing up in my um, the 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 home that I ended up living in long term, I was always told that they were a foster family. Right, um, right, okay. And so I, but that never made sense to me because why would a foster family pierce the baby's ears? That is so true. They wouldn't have been able to. They surely they wouldn't have been able to take that liberty on a foster baby. No. So how do you know? I how, would hope not. No. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know how long you were with them for? Uh, not not for, for sure. I just know that I was like under a year old when I went to them, yeah. and just over a year old when I left. So you and your pierced ears are then sent back to the uh, adoption agency, and they mm-hmm. find another family for you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So tell us a little bit about this family. So my adopted mother of this second family um, was actually an employee of of the um, adoption agency. Right. And specifically in the Korea program, which is where I'm from. And she saw photos of me. I was a very, very adorable little baby. And she she had um, she was married to my dad and a she had a biological daughter and a, another adopted son from Korea also. Uh, and she just decided that she really wanted to have another baby in the family. So she ended up, this, she's really not allowed to, um, to do this, yeah. but had a friend process the adoption so it would go through a bit more smoothly and a bit quicker. Your mum sounds like one of those people who works at a rescue shelter and keeps on bringing the dogs and yeah. cats home. It's exa- it's almost exactly that actually too because back then, now nowadays when a child is going to be adopted, they make uh, the family go to the other country if the baby is in a different country. Yeah. But back back at that time, they sent social workers to go get the baby, which my mom had had done uh, pretty frequently, uh, leaving the country like a couple times a year to go retrieve a baby from Korea. It, they also do it in like Africa and 
um, China as well. The social workers would just because sometimes they would bond with the babies a little too yeah. much too. Okay, so she she adopts you. She does a little kind of under the counter little adoption thing because she thinks you're so mm-hmm. adorable. So you've got uh, an adopted brother mm-hmm. and also a biological sister was it yeah okay so there's the three of you growing up and and how would you describe that little uh home unit uh it it was pretty awful i gotta be honest with you oh really um yeah so my 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 the biological sister she um had down syndrome and kind of ended up retaining like the mental maturity of maybe like a seven to eight year old at best i think we had at least like six years between us and then my uh the brother was a bit older he he had a lot of hard times um growing up his adoption process was really really difficult he um had a lot of behavioral issues that caused a lot of rifts in the family right and i i generally didn't really get along with my siblings that well just because of typical sibling stuff that a lot of people end up not it end up not really being affected by it but i think that we had a hard time also because our parents were going through divorce, um, oh, a divorce God. not long after um, I <laughs> joined the family. So actually, no, no, a, a good couple of years, like four years. Okay, hang on, Naomi. So yeah. <laughs> again, again, this is this is quite a lot to sort of like process. Your, your parents adopt you, but then pretty soon after that, they start, it starts looking a bit rocky and they end up divorcing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Naomi, yes. I, I'm, I'm sure this has dawned on you, but this is now your third divorce. Yes. Don't worry, it gets better. <gasps> so we were all kind of like in a typical like kind of broken family dynamic, I guess. Um, my, both my parents had pretty stable incomes. We came from like a upper middle class, I guess, yeah. household. So we didn't really want for much. But um, when I ended up living with my dad... I kind of, at first, you know, a lot of kids are like wondering why their parents divorce and if it, like whose fault it might be trying to like find blame and reason. But I ended up really not liking my dad much after because as soon as we split households, he was really aggressively portion controlling food because um, he was really insecure about anyone being overweight. So we would usually go one week at one parent's house and one week at the other parent's house alternating. And I would just be so hungry when I would be at his house and eating a lot when I went to my mom's house. <sighs> to it, try and sustain yourself for the week you're going to be at your dad's yeah, house. Compensate because, you know, we're all, we were all growing kids. Like yeah. we, were, we were all super, super hungry all the time. How old were you at this point? I, it's The divorce started when I was around five or four. <gasps> oh, my God. And he was doing that when you were that young. Yeah, yeah. Did, did it any, was very did, stressful. Did any, just out of curiosity, did were any of you... Uh-huh. A bit chubby. Um. So I thought I was, and then I looked at some pictures back then, and I was actually really skinny. <laughs> but um, my sister was pretty. Um, was like moderately overweight, but it was more a product of his own concern of being overweight himself. And okay, so how long did that go on for then? That that sort of life. Well, for a couple of years, I think I. It kind of is really blurry to me, just because it was a really stressful time for everybody involved. But my dad shortly ended up remarrying. Yeah. I I don't know how old I was. I know it was within two years of the divorce. I was really angry because I didn't get to go to the wedding. Why didn't they invite you I, to we the didn't, wedding? That's a great question. I still don't know to this day. Um, 
I, cause I had always said like how, when I was really little, I was really interested in like, just love. I loved weddings. I loved love. I love the celebration of love. And I really wanted to be the flower girl at of course, a wedding. You, you're meant um, to I, be the flower girl. That's exactly what your I role know. is supposed to be. Exactly. So he got married to this other lady. She had two sons. I was introduced to her as the new stepmom. Like they had already been married. Um, and overnight, you know, it, it turns upside down. I was very angry. I did not hide my anger very well at all. (laughs) Well done. And so then what happened? Then what happened after that? So we, everything at my mom's house was kind of functioning normally. Like it was fine. We got a dog, which was the highlight of the year. Mm -hmm. And my, my dad, I'm trying to remember the new wife. She, she was kind of off. I don't really remember a lot about her. I just know that I didn't really like her that much. Her son, she had a son that was my age, a little bit older. She had another son who was about the same age as my brother. Uh, he was a really stand-up guy from what I remember. But the younger son, I don't remember him very well. I just know that he was really interested in pink and dolls and a lot of things typically associated with little girls because his mom really wanted a daughter. So she was so happy to meet me. She really liked me a lot. Um, she spoiled me. But she just made me really uncomfortable. Right. Well, you didn't get off to a good start, let's face it. And if she really wanted a daughter, yeah. she could have, like, invited you to the wedding. Would have been a great start. Yeah. Are they still married? They are not. Oh, um, he so got how, long, again. how long did that last for? Less than two years. I don't think you can be blamed for this one because it sounded like you're gradually, <laughs> you're gradually getting extracted from that side of the family a bit anyway so yep. that that one's yeah. all on him mm-hmm. so, so he gets he gets divorced again and then what happens I'm scared to ask actually uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you know it just you know it just it keeps on going so later he he tells me that he's dating a a, a new a new woman like maybe Maybe a couple months later. Because he, he sounds like he, he had a way with the ladies. He certainly got a few wives in there. Did, was he was he a yeah. charming, handsome kind of guy? I would say that he was probably a handsome guy. I, I, I know that he was very romantic. Right. Like very um, – so I – I just never had a real clear image of his relationships because I just never saw them. And, you know, these these ladies would just show up out of nowhere and I would and, and he would say that they were part of the family now. So it was always it was hard. It was really hard for me as a kid to kind of take it seriously and, and like to want to, to to interact with people that I didn't have like faith that they might stick around. Well, um, and I've got to say that's not surprising. I mean, given your given your background, yeah. uh, it it seems like you wouldn't have any sense that people are going to be in your life for a long time, would you? For sure, that was that. That's already like even even without like a history of like family separation, just adopted children in general will um, often like just feel like a slight disconnect, um, especially when they know that they're adopted, just slightly off about their their environments. Yeah, not surprisingly. And so he went off and he got married for, I guess this is the third time now, yeah? Yes. And did you get invited to that wedding? I did, actually. She, this, this, um, she was really, really sweet lady. I really loved her. 
She had a bunch of dogs that I was just in love with. They lived in the country, so they had a bit more than usual. I don't remember how many. But she was a really amazing lady. She had three daughters in their mid-20s and then one that was maybe 16 or 17. She was super, super awesome person. I really valued her a lot because she was really realistic and she was kind of my sister. A lot of interactions that my sister had with a previous wife were really not good just because she didn't understand how to handle a child who had a disability. But I, I enjoyed her a lot. Is your mum still in the picture at this point? Are you still seeing your mum or are you living with your mum? Yeah, I, I lived with both of them still, still right. going back and forth. Um, the relationship between her and I was, pre- was pretty great at the time. Um, she was pretty apparent about her dislike, her disdain for him, um, getting remarried a lot, like not like out of jealousy or anything, but just out of irritation for bringing a bunch of random people into the picture. Um, so I, I do think that that kind of muddied my perception of like, uh, of these people as well. Yeah. Now I feel like it's, you know, a reasonable thing to be concerned about. Oh, very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... I guess you're going through school and everything like that. You're still alternating between the two of them. How did the relationships then end up between you and and both your parents and your stepmum by this stage? So they ended up getting divorced. Who? 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 You, the, the third uh, wife. The the third the third wife. I was I was infuriated because I loved her. <laughs> Why is he Absolutely doing this? Devastated. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, he just has a lot of weird things about him. I don't, I I never, I was always kept in the dark about like the status of the relationship. He never wanted to talk to us about it. Oh, okay. So he gets divorced for the third time. Yes. And that's the end of it, surely, isn't it? No. Um, One last time. (laughs) So far. So far, you're, oh my gosh, you're right. So far, I, sh- I, sh- I shouldn't say definitively. Um, I, you know, I hope so for everyone's sake. Okay, so what's so, this one like? Did you go to this wedding? I did not go to this wedding. I'm not surprised you couldn't be bothered. <laughs> I was, I wanted to, um, but it was kind of a, a another surprise unmarried situation. Right. Um, this one is the most significant one to like how everything kind of ended with like the relationship ending with my dad right this new wife she absolutely hated my sister i i felt like i had to protect her a little bit be- because this new fourth wife really hated her like it was really really unbearable for me sometimes at this point my brother didn't live with us he due to his behavioral issues um he was living in like a lot of different correctional facilities at the time so it was kind of just me and my sister but she was so overbearing that it was just too difficult for me to go from having a normal family life to being kind of popped into this house that I really didn't know anybody, it felt like, and I didn't really connect with anyone. Like, at the end of the day, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Like, my sister wouldn't really understand, like, the complexities of the tribulations of of a child going through middle school due to a down syndrome yeah and i just felt like there was no reason to keep going back so at at one point i just kind of decided enough was enough and i told my parents i wanted to stay with my mom right and and how did how did how did they react to that my mom 
I think felt really smug about it. I think she was really happy, but I think she also felt really sad for me that I like that I was forced to make that decision because it was really difficult for me, but I I told my dad like I didn't want I didn't want to live there anymore and as soon as that was brought to his attention my sister agreed with me and she didn't want to go either and he right. was really unhappy. Right. So the two of you just stopped spending the alternate weeks or whatever it was over with your dad and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. You didn't sort of continue any sort of connection with him in a more casual basis? No, not, not, even, not even like a casual conversation. I think I called him maybe once or twice, but I, I just I was so angry with him. That's, that's really sad. So how, how old were you at that point? I think I was 10 or 11. That's a, like a very big decision for someone that young to make. Yeah. And looking back on it now, how do you judge your, your mum's reaction? At that point, I felt like she had really, she was really reasonable in a lot of the things. I just thought that the way that she expressed how she felt was kind of just a bit over the top. She really um, resented him a lot. Did she remarry at all? She never remarried. Um, she, we ended up getting dogs. You know, he got three wives and we got two dogs, <laughs> um, which, which, which were, were, they were incredible. I love them both. Uh, um, well, she, she, seemed, she seemed content. Yeah, right. Okay. And she probably felt that you, you guys had enough um, additional weddings in your lives. You probably didn't need any more. Exactly. I don't even think she dated casually. Yeah, right. Well, just bringing more people into the mix would have just been so confusing. For you, I would exactly. And where have you left it with um, your birth parents then? Um, I've never met them. I I want to, but I I have to go. There's a really long process that I have to go through before I start that, and I it'll it'll cost me a lot of money to acquire some of the documents required for it. So I'm not in that situation of like financial situation just yet. Are you curious, or is it something that you think? I don't know if I need to open that can of worms. It's a good question. I, I ask myself that a lot because um, sometimes I feel like would reaching out to either of them are, are what what am I what am I really looking for? What what will, realistically could I gain? Um, will I just add to my long list of people that I thought were going to like stay in my life. Um, It sounds like you really are holding yourself back. I I agree. I originally was really like dead set on doing it shortly after I moved out when I was 18. I was going to, um, I have a really awesome dog and uh, I was planning on reaching out to my birth mom as I got him, so in case she rejected me or I never got a response, I would have a convenient distraction. But I, it, at, during the time, I was I just had freshly moved out, which was a lot of paperwork in itself, so I was scared. But you're you're absolutely right. It is it's it's really scary to think that because I haven't spoken to the adopted mom that I had in two or three years now either. So it's kind of like. Us, you know, I've got my boyfriend and he, he's wonderful, but I've kind of just accepted that. Like outside from the family that I've made, I'm kind of on my own in the sense of traditional family, I guess. Yeah, right. 
So what happened what happened with your relationship with your adopted mum? A lot of a lot of stuff went down. So the the main catalyst that's important is that my brother who had gone through a lot of behavioral stuff and living on in correctional facilities, he wanted to come back into our lives. He was in his like mid 20s while I was a 15 and I really didn't want him to come back. Um, I had a lot of really traumatic memories with him. He was really, really abusive. Mm. And I told my mom that I, while I completely see that her desire to have a relationship was valid, uh, I didn't want him to live with us. And while I was at an overnight camp, my mom had him move in while I wasn't there. Right. You know, she she had promised me that she would never make a decision without like my say so when it um, involved my brother, just because I felt so strongly about him coming back. You saw that as a betrayal. Yeah, there were plenty of other places he could have lived. He had a girlfriend he could live with. He could live with our dad. It, it, it completely broke my trust. Yeah, yeah, and so so you've left so you've left that relationship in limbo then would you say or is it terminated um you know it's a little bit of both because I, I didn't plan on going to college I, I i jumped into work um as soon as i hit 18 so i got a job i i packed up without telling her and um moved out i haven't spoken i haven't spoken to her directly since but she sends me these weird emails from time to time around my birthday or Christmas every so often saying how she wants to like, how we should get together sometime. My dad sent me one too when I turned 21, but I just, I, I left and I didn't really look back. And, and does that, does that give you any sense of sorrow or? Yes, but also I, I feel really free. Yeah, right. Um, I've, it, it's hard for me to feel sad about a relationship that had been dying over the course of many years. Not saying that I was perfect. I definitely, I, I mean, I was, I was a cranky teenager the entire time. So it'll be interesting to see over the years how that all uh, transpires. You know, whether you're, we're going. You know, I should maybe have some sort of a relationship with them. You may think the complete opposite, and you may just sort of the, the gap might get wider and wider and wider, and you may not have any. Um, compulsion to sort of like try and close that. I, I I feel like I've mostly closed the door on my adoptive family. Yeah. But you know, if they, it's a a big part of my like disinterest in interacting with them is their choices of words. There's there was just never any regret from them. Like I've never when my dad emailed me, he never said he was sorry. He I know that he blamed me for a lot of like for for just me telling him that I didn't want to live with him anymore for probably saying something harsh. And I, I I can understand him being hurt. I can understand my mother being hurt. But ultimately, in every situation that I was a part of, I was a child. You were um, a child. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think that they can really defer the responsibility onto me um, reacting to their actions. As a result of everything that's happened in your childhood, do you find yourself as quite a reserved private person? Most of my close friends don't even know like my full history. I think just my boyfriend has the full is that wrong backstory. Yeah, I when it comes to like my history, I'm I'm definitely really closed off about that, and I'm 
generally pretty closed off about like my true emotions and mental state, but I always try to keep it positive when I can. Yeah. Well, you certainly sound like you're doing that. So like, I really congratulate you for that. That's because that's, that can't, that can't be easy and that couldn't have been an easy childhood. So the, and you do sound uh, incredibly positive and spirited. Um, I'm really having trouble picturing the, the person you're describing growing up and the person I'm talking to now. Yeah. I've gotten people like who've say, said similar things before that there's just a strong disconnect. I, I've just always been really afraid of telling my, my history to people because I feel I don't want anyone to, to think of me as, as the girl in this, in the story. Why don't you want people to say that? I just don't want anyone to feel sorry for me when I'm not feeling sorry for me. Like I, of course I, I want to process my emotions whenever I can, if they, if they arise, but I, I, I like being happy and I don't, I don't want to linger on it for any longer. Um, I'm not always in, prepared to talk about it. Yeah. Can I ask you then why you came on a podcast? <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. Um, it, it's funny, isn't it? For me to say that I, uh, I haven't really told anyone this story and that I'm really private, but I, I, I felt like it, it was something that was really bothering me that nobody really knew this about me. And I wanted to take a step to break through that insecurity without having to directly face the people like my immediate friend circle about it. Because while I don't want people to see me as like a vulnerable, scared child who's been through like a lot of trauma, I do want people to kind of get a sense of where like where I've been. But it's kind of a, a fine a fine line. Good on you. And I've got to say, then, for me, it's an absolute honour that you've just trusted me with, with your story. And I'm going to do my utmost to make sure that, that you'll be proud to share it with people. And it won't be a big deal, but it will give them Absolutely. that, you know, just a little window into, into Naomi's world as she was growing up. Yeah. You yeah, know. thank you. I mean, it, it was great to talk about it because, you know, I, it's been bottled up for a long time. And... I, you know, I really hope that someone who listens to this who might like be going through some hard times in their own life can feel empowered and to know that you can, you can affect your surroundings. You know, you've, you've got so much freedom, even more than you think, you know. Oh, that's beautiful, Naomi. And um, like, I really, I congratulate you for it. I really do. I think you're, you're a credit to yourself just to be able to look after yourself the way you have. Um, so you should be very proud. And um, Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of My Fucked Up Family enough to subscribe, share or like. And remember, if you have your own fucked up family story you'd like to share, contact us through our Facebook page. Until next time on My Fucked Up Family.